Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of Canadian theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. Help us keep the dice rolling by supporting the Fantasy Fantasia podcast on Patreon by becoming a supporter, roleplay hero, or weaver of worlds on our Patreon, you will receive benefits such as Patreon-exclusive one-shots and side quests, free-to-download battle maps and world maps, and even voting power in what comes next in our campaigns. My name is Avery Melosh, and I will be your Dungeon Master for tonight's episode of Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Previously in Legend of the Silver Flame, you enter the land known as the Grass Prairies. In that very moment, suddenly the sky, the dark smoke clouds turn a dirty orange as fire arrows fly in from the north over your head toward the southern army as each side gets closer. The creatures in the sky from the south, they begin swooping down toward the army from the north, and you can see clearly now the flying creatures are the hippodactyl. stops and turns and extends a hand to the one. And it's like, you're a brave warrior. <laughs> I will follow you. <laughs> Velvet literally grabs her by... No, as as Velvet's galloping, he grabs her by, by the scruff uh, and pulls and follows the cart. Because he's like, no! And he, <laughs> they, they, he what goes. What are you doing, tiny man? <laughs> <laughs> Saving your ass, you cra- What the hell was that? You just follow him? What kind of sick puppy are you, man? <laughs> He looks at Lena and telepathically says to her, what are you doing? He seemed he a just capable a person. warrior. He As you guys are still arguing, a hippogriff Wait, Brie, you're not swoops yet? down. Oh my god! Are we Brie, fucking go! <laughs> 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 like, go! So takes this position in the cart and Jesus. just starts <laughs> Suddenly, with a red sort of energy and light, out of the barrel, this almost, I would say, the medieval version of like a hologram occur- uh, produces. To those left behind. To those who arrived late, there's been a change of plans. The queen died, and they decided to have a funeral. We served the wine at the funeral, so our, our plan is still in action, and it seems that the two, the farm prairies and the grass prairies have gone to war. If you're just arriving now, meet us in the castle. We're doing our work there to get the shard. And then it disappears. Kind of, like, quickly look, looks over the balcony. Can, we, can uh, he see any like cultist walking around in that courtyard or anything? No. Okay, so chances are they're all inside. Mm-hmm. And he conveys that to the others. Great, okay. <laughs> Velvet goes, all right, everyone, sneaky style. Here we go. And he just gently pushed the door open. <laughs> Thank you. I also do bar mitzvahs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you guys enter into what you now see to be is a chapel. The walls are a dark brown with these geometric frames of gold that hoard the walls, making it look like the inside of a kaleidoscope. Can I do something before we explore or do anything yeah. in this room? And I don't know if I can do this. Uh, it requires several actions, but since we're not in combat, is that okay? 
What is it? It's prestidigitation. I want to draw a uh, mark a symbol um, on our arm. I want to give us that that little symbol of the cultist on our arms. Can I do that with prestidigitation? Oh. Oh, it says color mark or or symbol on an color mark. You'd only be able to do object. one. I'd only be able to do one. That's okay. okay. I pull out my makeup kit. Oh I wait, no. It up, says. Oh, never mind. Sorry. It says you can cast a spell multiple times. You can have up to yes. three. Oh. So you could do three. Oh, right, yeah. I'll pull up my that. makeup Sorry. kit and I'll say that I'll do the other two. So I go, okay, if you do it, I'll try my best to draw the other two. <laughs> I pull up my little makeup okay. kit. So then I, I do that. And I, I uh, nice. make the mark on um, my arm, Lena's arm, and Bree's arm. Kim, that's such a good call. Nicely done. <laughs> Thanks. I have it's my handy moments. having magic. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm starting Imagine to learn that. how to use it, so, you know. So... <laughs> I'll read you the, 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 it's, it's the disguise pouch. So it's, you create a disguise for yourself, uh, to persuade others, uh, that you're obviously like a part of them or whatever. Uh, it takes you one minute to don such a disguise. Once you've created it, you can carry only one such disguise on you at a time without drawing attention, unless you have a bag of holding or something similar to keep it hidden. So I'm going to use the, mm. the cloak that, uh, our friend took off and I'm going to, I'm okay. going to put it on to use as my disguise. Okay, so you have the tattoo and you are in a cultist cloak. Oh, good. Okay. Awesome. And do I have enough time to make a small mark on the, who didn't get one? We're all good because I think Darian has oh, one. Oh, Darian has yeah, one. Darian yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I just take care of myself and I go, okay, cool. I rock this robe, right? Way better than Darian, right? Right? It looks fantastic on you. I know. My ass. Look at it. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways. So the castle. Oh, yeah. Castle. Right. So we're in this beautiful kaleidoscope room. Yeah. Um, the ground is a plush red carpet, and you see at the end of the room, there's a statue of a woman kneeling and praying with her hands to her chest. The statue is atop a pedestal with a an inscription on it. And Bree, you immediately recognize this statue to be a depiction of Mistra, the mother of all magic. And uh, there's a large inscription that says Mistra awaiting her love, which you assume to be the title of the statue. And then there's something beneath it as well written. Can I read what else it says? I want to go up to the statue and see if I can read it. So you go up to the castle and you see the inscription reads, His arms extension, which slain her bane, will help you find the light again. And Hmm. I turn to them and I um, tell them, this statue is of the goddess Mistra. I'm very familiar with her, uh, with her works, and I tell them what it says on it. Bree, since you're so versed in Mistra and oh. everything to do with her, you know that. You know, actually, I'll have you roll history for me just to see. Okay. Okay. That's a nat twenty. Hey, nicely done, Steph. So, Brie, you read Mistra awaiting her love, this whole thing. You know the story of Mistra is that when she was immortal, she was in love with a man named Kalemvor. (laughs) This has to do with a story in which Mistra was turned back into a mortal from her godly status, and she was facing the god Bane, and Kalemvor came to help her and return her back to her power. And the line that jumps out at you, Bree, since you rolled a nat 20, is his arm's extension. Mm. Darian. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at this sword. He's like, what? Yeah. Um, uh, can I see that sword, that short sword that you have? I mean, yeah. And he holds it up in the air. 
<laughs> Did you like having it, buddy? Because because <laughs> we gotta we're gonna take need it, it back. Okay, fine. Oh, and here you go. Velva gives him a dagger. There you go. Take it. So he has this beautiful decorated short sword, and you hand him this little dagger with a wooden hilt. It doesn't even have like the hand buckle thing, like or whatever that piece is called that like helps oh, the knife not come down on your hand. It doesn't even have that. Velva says, "Don't worry, I signed it." Lena puts a hand on Darian's shoulder and says, "We'll we'll find you something better." Mm-hmm. Okay. Velvet like nudges him to like turn it over, and you can see that his signature is on the hilt, and he like thumbs up him. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, means means a lot to you then, I guess. Thank you. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It should mean a lot to you. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Sai, you now have the short sword. Um, okay. Looking at this pedestal, you notice that there's actually a slot in the bottom. Aha, uh-huh. so mm. uh, <laughs> take the, um, the the sword. Is it like one of those sword in the stone things only re- in reverse? So I kind of put it in there? You have a good feeling it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, like like, like the position of the slot. So, I, so he does. Yes. So Sai reaches, um, puts both, both hands on the handle and pushes it down into the slot. Was that oddly arousing for anyone, Velvet says? <laughs> mm. No, just you. Okay. Dari, yeah, Dari just says no. <laughs> but but his face has some rosacea. To it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. We just oh looks very God. confused. I felt it. So after that moment passes, the short sword you, you hear it click into place, and you hear the scraping of stone, very very quiet, as Mistra's hands that are against her chest begin to lower. At the uh, from the elbow point, and you see that she's holding a candle. And Sai reaches for the candle. Okay, so Sai, you reach for this candle. Mm-hmm. I need you to make a. <gasps> oh no! Oh, that, I think it'd be <laughs> wisdom saving throw for me. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's okay. I got good wisdom, and that's a seventeen. Ooh. Yes. Okay, so this candle burns very hot. But you manage to hold on, but it still burns while it's in your hand. It's like it's like holding like hot toast that just came out of the toaster and just won't stop. And you kind of like can can uh, is, is it stuck in my hand or is it like nope. something I can kind of like flip back and forth between hands? And is it getting cooler at all or is it still no. burning? Put it, drop it, drop it, side, drop yeah, it on the ground. And 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 he puts it down on the ground. Okay, you put it on the ground. Bree, you said uh, you wanted to try to grab it? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Bree, you go to pick it up, and it feels completely fine. No, that's cool. It does not burn <laughs> no, your hands whatsoever. Yeah. What that's did you do? Cool. Well, I, I, I guess it's meant for her, not me. <laughs> did you do magic, Bree? I look at them, and I said, um, I studied Mistress' teachings. My mentor, Verna, taught me everything about it. Hmm. Uh, so us heathens couldn't touch it. I got you. I got you. That's cool. That's cool. So, so tell us, um, what do you know about this light? What, what, what does it do? Um... Do I know about the light at all? Even? Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So one moment. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta look in my book again. So, Bree, you suspect based off the you suspect that based off the events that just happened, you are currently holding a candle of invocation. It is a magic item. So basically, this sl- the the candle is dedicated to a deity 
and shares that deity's alignment. The candle's alignment can be detected with the detect evil and good spell. Uh, the DM chooses the god at associated alignment or whatever. Um, so this candle's linked with Mistra, and its alignment is lawful good. Hey. So, Sai, you are not lawful good, right? <laughs> no, um, neutral yeah. good. Okay, and just to clarify, Brie, you are. Yes. yes? <laughs> okay, great. That's so, the candle's magic is activated when the candle is lit, which requires an action. And, uh, and Steph, you can look this up and like write it down because this is yours to have. Okay. Um, so I'm sure if you just look it up on Google, it'll be there. Um, so the candle's magic is activated when the candle is lit, which requires an action. Uh, after burning for four hours, the candle is destroyed. So you have up to four hours of use. When lit, the candle sheds dim light in a 30-foot radius. Any, th- any creature within that light whose alignment matches that of the candle makes attack rolls, saving throws, and ability checks with advantage. Hmm. In <laughs> <Well>. addition, <laughs> a cleric or druid in the light whose alignment matches the candles can cast first-level spells that you've prepared without expending spell slots. Yes! Oh, nice! Oh. That's crazy! But you can, o- you can only cast it as if it is a first-level spell, though. Right. Um, alternatively, when you light the candle for the first time, you can cast the gate spell with it. Doing so destroys the candle. And what gate is, it, it, it instantly opens this portal that you can, like, suck anything into, essentially. Like, oh, like you could, like, choose any creature thing and just be like, this is a gate, this is where it's going on any plane, and it's going to go there. And whoop! Oh, wow. Wait, so, <laughs> so only only people who are lawful good get advantage. Yes, they, only they receive the benefits of this. And with the gate, is that, you said uh, it would kind of suck any creature in. Is it just one creature or multiple creatures? Let me double look. Um, Either way. I think I want to change one thing about this. I'm going to say that even if you've used the candle before, you can still use gate. Um, because if you use the gate spell, it destroys the candle instantly. Mm. So it uses all of it. But right. uh, I'm going to change it that you can still cast gate even if you've used it once. It'll just destroy it. Right. Mm. Cool. That is a so, cool item. So really Gate's cool. a level 9 spell. You can conjure Ooh. a portal <laughs> linking an unoccupied space you can see within range to a precise location on a different plane of existence. So it's a different plane of existence. So in other words, we can't use it to go back across the bridge. You could. You could choose to oh, go anywhere. Okay. 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 Ooh, a good emergency when we get... Okay, okay, that's cool. Very cool. I mean, Ooh. it's like a really powerful spell, so yeah. I, I don't know if I would personally use it. <laughs> Just to get across a bridge gap, which you have a <laughs> rope attached to already. No, 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 me. no, no. I'm saying like if we need to leave the castle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe we want to spice escape. things up and do want to go across yeah. with the portal. Oh my god. Okay, so you can speak the name of a specific creature. If that creature uh, is on another plane of existence than you're on, the portal opens in the creature's immediate vicinity and draws the creature through. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so uh, yeah, you have a candle of invocation. That's so cool. Wow. That is awesome. And it's lit now, so we got four hours with it. Um, it's not lit. You no, can choose lit. to light it, and you can choose to snuff it as well to got save it. it for other uses. Mm. It just got very hot when you were hmm. holding it. All right, so what else did we see in the room, Avery? Is there a exit? Yes, there is an exit. That that was really the only interesting thing that was in this room. Okay, oh, thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, though. Yeah. Can we, yeah. Can we take the... That's it. Yeah. Can Lena go and pull the sword back out now? You go to, and it doesn't budge. Oh. Well, that's that. Sorry about that, Darian. 
<laughs> it's okay. He looks at his knife. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, clearly. It's a good knife. <laughs> good. Cut bread with it. <laughs> and sell it for the autograph, <laughs> says, says Velvet. Um, so there's only the one exit there, right? Correct. Okay, so Velvet's going to be like, all sneaky, um, and uh, try to peek his head out and see what he sees. So you peek your head out, and there is a single hallway that leads through to another door that is closed. Empty hallway, door closed at the bottom. <laughs> I assume you guys all just follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, okay. yeah he just kind of yeah. We're just letting through. Velvet do his thing. <laughs> yeah, ve- like Velvet's like making like secret agent. <laughs> Very all this. Yeah. He loves sneaking around. It's Lena, Lena yeah. mumbles to sign says, I don't think he understands how to sneak. I'm doing like quiet power rolls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's much louder than he thinks he is. Right now we're okay. So you approach this door. What would you like to do, Velvet, since you're leading the charge? I'm going to put my ear to the door again. You hear voices from the other side. Ooh, I put my, my, my like, fist up backwards. You know, like, the shh symbol. <laughs> He's getting really into this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I turn around and I go, there's someone at the door. Can we hear from here that there's people at the door? Yeah, because um, you hear the voices rise to a shout a little bit and then back down. So how much room do we have, Avery, on either side of the door? Four feet on each side. Okay. Uh, Velvet, like, sneaks back uh, to the group and goes, I wonder if we make sound, lure them out, and then sneak attack them from the back, eh? Bree looks at him and telepathically says, we don't know how many people are in there. Well, we'll know when they come out, and if there's too many, we'll run through the door and lock them out. Is that the only way, Avery, to go from here? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And can we hear what they're saying? Yeah. Right now, it's hard. Um, okay. I'll have you make a perception roll if you really want to listen intently. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so that's 21. So, Sai, you press your ear to the door, and you swear you hear the name Kanos. Okay. And the sentence, you have very little time left to live. <laughs> we haven't we haven't encountered the name Kanos, right? You did. You heard it, it uttered. It was the serpent? was the other... The other? Yeah guy okay that's what i was like I wasn't sure. and then sigh you hear again as you're listening we'll have summoned our pets soon oh good yeah and so i convey that i whisper that all to to the group lena's like let's do size plan let's get this going yeah let's let's get going before the pet shows up yeah. should we give a good old knock on the door lure him out Sure, uh, I'll stand behind the door. Velvet, why don't you talk to them and try and distract them, and I'll try and get one of them. Oh, from good. Okay, I'm gonna actually pull my fluff out. I'm gonna pull another piece of fluff out, <laughs> and uh, okay. I'm gonna see what animal companion I get here. Uh, that. Oh my God, it's a fucking lion again. <laughs> oh yes. my God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Your favorite. So, so my lion with the uh, black hair mane with the white stripe uh, is his summit, and I pat and I get on him, and I go ready when you are, everyone. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town are your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now, a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games. 
your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. What side of the door are you going on, Lena? You're going like, so you'll be behind when the door opens? No, I no, because then I won't be able to attack. So in the door, I'm on the other side. Okay. Um, then I'll go on the opposite side of the door and I'll be ready to shoot some magic at them as they come out if we need yeah, to. Yeah, I'm gonna back up. Sai's gonna back up too because I'll stay at the back of the hallway near the chapel. And Darian, <laughs> good, good choice, Darian. Walks backward about thirty feet. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> I, I like rear my lion like ready to pounce and uh, I uh, I look at Lena and I give her the thumbs up ready for her to knock on the door. I can knock yep. on a mage hand. Oh, that's fine. Lena just knocks. <laughs> so you knock and immediately the voices stop. What ho, hoes? They hear me yell. What? Okay, now they're alarmed. And they immediately, like, you hear footsteps approach the door. They kick one of the doors open. They kick the one of the on Bree's side open. So, Bree, the door swings and just stops before you. And they have their swords pulled. And they're looking at you, Velvet. And they're like, who go? Uh, what? What? As they see you riding a lion. I, I, I literally step off my lion, do a backflip, and slap its ass, like, as I land. And I want to send the lion to towards them. Oh. Roll acrobatics for the- Hell yeah, that's my one of my best. I'm a <laughs> jumpy bitch. Uh, oh, that is a 17. Oh yeah, so you successfully do all of that and immediately your lion pounces toward, there's only two of them you see. Oh, sweet. Yeah, something about this is like, I don't give a damn about my rad reputation. I feel like that's the song that's playing <laughs> yeah. as <laughs> All right, so roll for your lion to attack. Oh, baby. Okay, I, I gotta look at my lion stats. Sorry, one second here. Uh, yeah. So the lion, um, it's gonna do uh, pounce. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> they must do a DC 13 strength saving throw. Oh, he rolled 13. Uh, does that mean that the, he does? So he, he passes, yeah. Okay, cool. So he just gets uh, slashed then. Um, <laughs> no worries. So he gets hit, he gets hit with a claw. A he gets hit with a claw in the same attack turn. So what would I roll for that, Avery? Uh, oh, I guess I just roll claw. So it's 1d6 plus 3. So you gotta roll to uh, hit that hit, first. Right, so hit him, roll, okay. Roll uh, so that's gonna be a... What do I add to that? What's his strength modifier? Strength modifier is... Uh, or it should tell you under claw. Oh, oh, does it? Okay. Let's there should see. be a plus something there. Uh, oh, plus 5 to hit, okay. Oh yeah, gotcha. there you go. Okay, so that's a twenty-three. He did he did eight damage to him. Eight damage. Okay, so he pounces on him, and this cultist is actually still alive by one hit point. He's like gurgling on his own blood. He's like, oh my god. Lena just takes out a javelin and just stabs him with it. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's prone under the lion. So yeah, it's just like instant. Yeah. Now the other cultist. Um, Can I attack? Yeah, go ahead. He's he's too scared to. Make <laughs> I got a 16, and that is um, 14 damage. A 16 to hit, 14 damage. How do you want to do this? Oh. Yes. Honestly, where is it? Where, like? He's right in front of you next to the lion that just pounced his friend. He just goes, hey, buddy, and taps on his shoulder, and when he turns around, she just like <laughs> slaps him with a, or hits him with an ax. <laughs> slaps him with the, the flat you know side. What? Yeah, I'm gonna keep my my miss. Yeah, I'm gonna say she slaps him with it really hard. <laughs> and you hear his skull crack on the side oh, of, his of your axe, you and, and skull he just cracking. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's your specialty at this point. <laughs> and she was extra and used her great axe for it, just because. <laughs> and he hits the deck too. Oh, 
Now, you, you guys look into the room, and you see that the room is a large dome-like room. The walls are made of this gray stone with this with dark brown wooden joists holding up the ceiling. Uh, you see a semicircle of tables gathered around this central throne chair, next to which is a podium. And chained to that podium and sitting on the ground is a small halfling with these square spectacles that are broken and hanging off his face. And oh. he has wavy brown hair, but he looks kind of beat up and uh, his eyes swollen and he looks bruised on his arms. And, and Sai goes up to him and he says, You must be Kanos. Hello. Oh, please don't oh. hurt me. No, we're here. We're, we're your friends. Um, and sorry, he's he's chained up. Is that? Yeah, he is. Okay. Is it locked or is it just tied? Yeah, it's locked. Lena goes up and tries to bust him out. Wait, maybe no, she doesn't. That's not a that's not a good roll. <laughs> What'd you roll? <laughs> is it strength, Avery? Let's do athletics. That's uh, that's a uh, that's better. That's a ten. Yeah, that's enough. Okay. It's just a lock. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah, mu- yeah. you're much stronger than it for sure. <laughs> so you smash the lock and the chains drop to the sides around him. And he says, oh, God, uh, Mr. Bless you guys. They were really rough to be up, you know. Yes. And, you, and he, um, you said his spectacles were broken? They were. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he ca- so Sai casts Mending and breaks and repairs oh, the spectacles. He breaks them. <laughs> <laughs> He, he fixes them just to break them again. <laughs> You're a little bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, thank you so That's much better. And he puts the glasses on his eyes, and they immediately blow up to the size of these large square frames. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Who are you guys? Well, your new friends. <laughs> We've come to, uh, uh, to come rescue you and other things. Bree looks at him and telepathically says... Uh, we're here to protect the shard. We were sent by uh, the king. Do you know where it is? Are you the cleric halfling? Bree nods. My queen, my queen. The the night the night she died. She she spoke of you. you. She said you were to come and and you were going to protect the shard. And there were others coming as well. So that she had received this vision from Mistra and she. She sacrificed herself, you see. She she wasn't sure when you were going to be arriving, so she performed this ritual where her spear was transferred into the statue that holds the shard on the balcony outside the Great Hall, so that if anybody tried to take it, who wasn't you, she could fend them off. Whoa. Yeah, exposition drip mic dropped. <laughs> yeah, Velma Bel- goes, goes, now that's how you tell exposition. <laughs> God damn. That's crazy. It was the queen's last act to protect the shard. Where would this balcony be in the in the uh, main in the main entrance? We have to go downstairs and that it's outside the great hall. How many cultists are there in here? I don't know, at least 6. I mean, you took care of those two, so my head's a little fuzzy from getting banged so much by their fists. That's okay. Their weakness is my lion's teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Her final words, she wished me to tell you, halfling cleric, were only one of our kind who is true of heart and strong of mind may take the shard. But first, they must meet her in the base of stone. Mm. Mm. Bree, a, a light of understanding kind of clicks in Bree's mind and she nods at him. 
they the others they've been trying to just take on the statue and and kill it head on but i i would very strongly recommend not trying to take that path it's very powerful magic mm. oh well i'm useless then and she kind of puts her great axe away <laughs> <laughs> I, I could try to seduce it mm. <laughs> please don't he looks at velvet <laughs> and she says to him that's not what she meant. That's not how we're getting the shard. Okay, well, Fine. whatever it is, we have to do it soon. And she says yes. to Bree. Bree says, let's go to the statue. Okay. Let's go. All right. I'm going to hop on my lion just where I belong. And... <laughs> you travel to the Great Hall. <laughs> all right. A spectacular dining hall, big enough to fit just about all of the citizens in Losherton. Oh. There are these great long tables, and the ceiling is painted with beautiful murals of the surrounding landscape. And you could see that mere days ago, this land around Losherton was truly breathtaking. Toward the end of the Great Hall, you see a giant archway cut into the wall, which opens onto a giant stone balcony that hangs over the sea. And framed by the arch, you see a huge statue of Mistra, holding a sword in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other. In the Great Hall before the archway, however, you see a group of cultists standing around a large pentagram drawn on the ground. One cultist standing in front of the pentagram. His robes are flowing with an updraft wind from beneath him as he chants a ritual. And this pentagram is glowing this red color. And it's about, that's about 120 feet away right now. It's a pretty big hall. So what do you guys think? Darian, you hear him audibly gulp. Lena turns to Darian and says, what's wrong? What are they doing? This isn't good. This is not good. I I didn't think it would have to come to this. Bree looks it, and says, what is it? It was said that Asterius, he could raise demons and, and conjure them, but he's going really big on this one. I think he might be... I think he might be bringing an abolith in. But we know it's an abolith. <laughs> So, to give you guys some context, an abolith. I mean, it doesn't let me, sound let me, good. Let me read you its description. Oh, good. Before the coming of the gods. <laughs> no, that's not a good start. Yeah, that's not a good start. <laughs> Aboliths lurked in primordial oceans and underground lakes. They reached out with their minds and seized control of the life forms of the mortal realm, making those creatures their slaves. Their dominance made them like gods. Um, so there's, there are these big old, big old aberrations. Fucking Cthulhu. Great. Okay. <laughs> oh, we just killed a demon. Why? Okay. All use, right. Um. I'm going to use the gate to go back home. <laughs> That's why we need the gate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't understand. Why, why would they be summoning it? Would it, to, to destroy the statue? I don't understand. Um. Yeah, he said they were trying to find Kano's, it, right? Kano's pipes up, he says. They probably could not take on the statue themselves, so if they're summoning like that, they're bringing in big guns to take it down. Mm. Um, says we need to stop them before they yes. call yeah. forth this demon. How, how much longer do we have before the ritual is complete? Do you know where yeah. they are in, in, in the process? Darian? Oh, he, cr he critted yes. his investigation. Oh, nice. Okay, let me roll a percentile. Okay, so he's like... He looks over and, he's, and he recognizes the glowing red and how intense it is at this moment. He says, we don't have much time. Minutes to seconds. Fuck, okay. Velvet looks at, at the lion and says, wait for my signal. I'm going to turn myself invisible and sneak up as far as I can up. 
Okay, so Velvet's making his way up. The lion is... Sorry, what was your order for the lion? I, I just told the lion to, 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 like, get as close as he can, hang tight, and wait for me to say, like, do, go do your thing. Okay, cool. Ooh. And the others? Um, Bree looks at them and says, I could try to um, cast a guiding bolt at the one performing the ritual to try to distract them and maybe stop it. Good call. And, and Lena readies a javelin to throw at one of the other ones. Okay. So you are 120 feet away right now. So if you want to move to a more advantageous position um, in the My javelin hall, is oh. 150 feet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, and are there like uh, posts? You said there were like like joists that, that um, were kind of holding up the walls. Is there like something I got to hide behind that's within 90 feet? Yeah, totally. There are these great stone pillars that uh, extend up into the ceiling and you could take cover behind that. Okay, I'll, I'll take mm. cover behind uh, one of those. On the side, one of the sides that the others are not. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Just so I don't have to go as far in case there's a fight, I'm going to move up a little bit. Okay. I'm going to move up to, uh, like, stealth up to, I, I don't know, is there something I can hide behind that's, like... You can go behind one of the tables if you'd like. Sure, how one far away is that from them? Dining tables. They extend pretty much the whole Great Hall, and then the end of it is about 30 feet away from the pentagram. Okay, I'll get to, like, I'll get to, like, probably 40 feet or so. Okay, so I think what we're going to do is, Bree, your thing is the most direct attack at them right now that you're going to be doing. So I'll have you roll um, first for your guiding bolt. Okay. And you're aiming it at that uh, cult leader? Yes. Um, so I pre-rolled and I got a 12 plus my spell bonus of 7, so that's 19. Okay. So your guiding bolt, this green guiding bolt, you begin to summon its energy and you blast it. And the sound of this guiding bolt echoes in this great hall as it travels so far, 120 feet, and blasts this guy in the back. Uh, so I'll have you roll the damage for okay. me. Okay. And I need to roll to see if he maintains concentration on this ritual that for a is. sec. Ooh, which he does. Okay. That's 13 damage. Okay. So he turns on his heels and looks at you immediately. Lena, you can see it the clearest and Velvet as well, since you guys are the closest, that he kind of doesn't say anything. He just kind of gives a devilish grin and you recognize him to be the same cultist from the projection. Mm. Oh, good. And he just puts his two hands out and waves them forward. And that signals the other cultists in the room to begin moving forward and they're going to be starting to attack you guys. I'll need everyone to roll initiative for me. Yeah. And how, how many of the other cultists are there? I forgot. I forgot. Uh, there are... Let me take a look. There are four other cultists right now. Okay, so it's Avery, five. Avery, so because four. I'm invisible, could I, could I uh, potentially... Um, argue a sneak attack oh sorry surprise attack sorry not sneak attack surprise attack yeah totally that's yeah that's what i meant okay um because i'm just gonna pop into existence before we roll initiative do you want me to do it now or do you want me to wait till after initiative roll uh let's roll all the initiative first and awesome. then we'll okay. determine what happens <laughs> i rolled an 18 i rolled a 12 what was it for size sorry five five okay lena i rolled an eight um but i did have an attack i readied right when when steph center guiding bolt. Um, I don't know if we want to do it or not, 
I'll just say I did not roll good. <laughs> we'll do a surprise round where Velvet and Lena can act. Cool. Oh, and no. then we'll go uh, to the normal combat order. Okay, so for this surprise round, I'll have Lena go first. So basically, the, he is at this at the closest point of the pentagram to you guys, and he stands about 40 feet away, as you described. The other closest cultists, there's one that's probably 25 feet away from you, Lena. That'd be the closest one. What do you want to do, though? Yeah, I was going to just say, you know what? I'll just wait and hold off for initiative, but it's such a horrible roll. Um, <laughs> I rolled a, a, na- a, a one. And I rolled the percentile and got a hundred percent. So that oh no, that's good because oh, that's good. <laughs> if I you it was fail, the oh, no, okay. if you fail, if you roll fifteen to oh, one, I and then was... if you succeed, a, oh, uh, an eighty-five and above. Well, that's not as bad then, but yeah. Yeah, so you'll just you'll just have a miss on that attack. Who are you going after? Oh, sorry, the one that um, the closest one to me. The closest one, okay. So you spring out and run at him. That cultist does not feel surprised whatsoever. He just sidesteps out of the way from you. And Velvet, what did you want to do on your part? Okay, so I'm going to, um, I pre-rolled to a 23 for my, uh, hit. Um, and I'm pointing at one of the, uh, the, the, would that hit the main dude? Okay, sorry. Yes, it would. Okay, so I cast sleep on him. Sleep. Yeah. Okay. So nice. Um, nice. it means that. So I, I rolled my number, and that is. Uh, it's like the number of hit dice that I have to have, yeah, and I can yeah. point to someone. So I have uh, thirty hit dice. So that means if his if his health points if his hit points are thirty or lower, he'll fall asleep, right? Uh, yeah. It's basically like it takes it off my total. So like, what are his like? What's his life? Because it has to get subtracted from thirty, and then I have that many more that I can use on something else. Um. So he'll take up the entire thirty, but he does not go to sleep. Oh. Because his hit points exceed thirty. So it just do- just doesn't work. If you if your points don't exceed their hit points, it like it needs to bring them to zero, then they fall asleep essentially. So if oh, you were to aim it at a cultist, for example, they have I think nine hit points. Yeah, well that's why I was inquiring because I wasn't sure like how much I would I would know that like how much is it a crapshoot versus not that was really my kind of main question about about hit hit dice yeah to put it in perspective like he seems like a pretty powerful dude gotcha okay cool that's what i was trying to get at okay so yeah no then fuck that i'm looking at his minions and i say sleep my baby and i i stroke my leer and i do appear uh unfortunately uh but it is hopefully it makes him go to bed three of them go to sleep immediately holy shit oh my god okay so that's all done uh and uh for that i'm gonna turn to everyone else i'm gonna use my my bonus action as my bardic inspiration and uh i'm gonna go all right guys i fucking love you all you're all fashionistas fighter things club yeah and uh so i'm gonna do that and that means that everyone because it's up to my charisma modifier which covers the whole group they each gain five temporary hit points uh, oh, sorry. Increased to eight at level at level five. So you all get five temporary hit points. Uh, eight temporary hit points. So uh, yeah, and uh, for temporary hit points, when a creature gains these hit points, it can immediately use its reaction to move up to its speed without provoking an opportunity attack. <laughs> That's awesome. Can I cast that on myself, or is that only for other people? It just says creatures up to my charisma modifier. I think it's others. Yeah, that makes you're, sense. You're, okay. You're giving your beautiful presence to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So uh, I can I can do it to three. So I'm going to point at R3. Amazing. Yeah. And so you guys can choose to move right now. Do you, would you like to? I'm not. Yeah, Lena's going to get up to the, the one that's casting. Mm. Okay. So you move right up to him. And uh, the range on that is 60 feet. So Bree, that won't, that won't uh, be able to affect you, unfortunately. 
Oh, the range of um. Yeah, of the mantle of inspiration. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay so okay. okay, so just the two then. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. No that's worries. Okay. So now we're going to move into the order of combat. We have going first is Velvet. Hey! Wow! <laughs> nice! Okay. Uh, how many more cultists are there left? Currently one. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking that guy out. I would use a thunder wave. So I'm going to like do like a power slide and string my leer and uh, electricity will literally enter exit out of my leer, kind of like bouncing all through the ground. I'm trying to just attack him right with a good old ball of lightning. Nice. Uh, that is a nat 20. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Did you say that was a thunder wave? Oh, yeah. Wait, do you have to do a uh, saving throw instead? Yeah, I make a... Oh, so I, I shouldn't even roll. Okay, yeah. So you got to do a constitution I make a constitution throw. saving throw. Yeah. That, uh, I'm so sad that you wasted that 20, but he failed. Okay, he, great. He failed awesome. Uh, so that means he's going to take... Oh, baby. He's going to take 12 thunder damage, and he gets pushed 10 feet away from me. <laughs> so how do you want to do this? Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I strum it, and, it, like, these lightning bolts are kind of dancing out of the ground, and all three of them converge at him at the same time, and he literally gets thrown back 10 feet into a pillar as the pillar crumbles on him and dies. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So next up is going to be the cult leader. Oh, goody. So... He has a thing that I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on. Mm. He has this battle cry sort of move. Oh, oh no. So oh, on, no. His, on his turn, he kind of lets out this sort of, releases this sound that almost sounds non-human, and he slams his arms into the earth, and it shakes the floor that you guys are standing on, and it's going to reach two of the cultists. And oh, no. Just for fun, I'm gonna, I want to roll to see if they'll wake up from it. I'm going <laughs> to okay. say... If it's, if they get 15 and above, they'll wake up. <laughs> Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the yeah. first one rolled a 19, so he gets shook and awake. The second one rolled a two, so he yes! does not wake up. So he gets, <laughs> okay. so he gets Just take it one, out one at a time. <laughs> he gets one, one stands back up. The others are still down. But in this moment as well, after he slams the ground, you hear his voice rise as he speaks in Infernal, these final sort of words of this ritual. Oh, no, no. And with the last shout, he sustains this staring at this pentagram and it glows and glows and glows and this light reaches into the ceiling and fills the room. And this void opens in the middle of the room. And out of the darkness, slowly, this creature begins to rise out of the ground. And it has three eyes on its or on its bulbous head in a vertical line that are just black. <laughs> and this giant circular mouth. Think of the Kraken from Pirates of the Caribbean is what <laughs> its mouth looks yeah. like uh -huh. that you're looking into. And it has these five tendrils that make up the rest of its body. It slowly floats out of the hole and lets out this... <laughs> this unimaginable sound. And instantly when that happens, you see the statue through the archway. Its eyes light up green and its sword that it's holding lights up with these runes down the sword. And then the lightning bolt in its hand, the stone cracks away and it becomes this green live lightning bolt. And the statue slowly <laughs> steps down from its oh, large no. pedestal. And it's alive and it begins running toward the inside of the great hall. Oh ah. shit, here we go.
Looking to immerse your players with some quality ambience? Then check out the YouTube channel Sword Coast Soundscapes, where they have over 100 different ambient soundscapes, some of which you can hear in this podcast. Or, if you're looking for some music to set the tone of that fantasy capital, or raise the stakes of combat, consider supporting Will Savino's Patreon named Music D20, where he is constantly dropping new tracks for your tabletop games. Hey there, thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theater Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face to face with your nightmares. Come listen if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil, long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts, Undergrad, Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.